Tonight's top story, DPP presidential candidate Lai Qingde is continuing with his final round-the-island four-day campaign sprint. On Friday, he visited the southern cities of Kaohsiung, Tainan and Jiayi. In Tainan, the city in which he spent 30 years either practicing medicine or serving as a politician, Lai was visibly moved. His supporters held up placards in an arrangement that showed the Chinese character for correct in a message that Taiwan's voters should choose the correct candidate as well as the correct way on election day. DPP presidential candidate Lai Qingde on Friday visited Kaohsiung to stump for both himself and DPP legislative candidates. Even though the weather was chilly, his supporters responded enthusiastically. In particular, I would like to introduce Huang Jie to everyone. Huang Jie has enthusiasm, ideals and ambitions, along with the ability to execute policies. We must fully support the newcomers with ideals and maintain our key seats in Kaohsiung. Let's all give our support to Huang Jie. We don't want to move backwards, so please, the race for every single legislative seat is very tight. I'm most concerned about Bo Yi. If we get Zuonan, if we get all eight seats, Zuonan can continue to flourish. I am asking everyone to support the most crucial seat that Li Bo Yi is running for. Lai also made a trip to Tainan in a packed schedule. Tainan is where it all began for us Taiwanese. In my career of more than 30 years, whether I was practicing medicine to save lives or working in politics to fight for Taiwan, I am grateful for the way everyone nurtured me. We must choose the right people to follow the right path so that I and Xiaobi Kim can be elected with a high number of votes. We should hit a home run in Tainan and win all six seats so that the DPP can get a majority in the legislature. Tainan Mayor Huang Weizhe and all the legislative candidates also stood together to give a show of unity. Lai was returning to defend southern Taiwan and went all the way north to Jiayi, stumping for all the DPP's other candidates. He didn't only stump for other politicians. Lai is going to every county and city, expressing his political views to capture the hearts of his supporters. We will continue to promote the elevated railway extension project in Jiayi City and put even more usable land to use. Just leave these construction projects with us. I'm asking everyone to be our chief political cater. Each of you should pull in 10 votes. Lai is touring Taiwan, seizing every opportunity to make contact with voters and let them feel the warmth of his charisma so that the DPP can win not only the presidency, but also a legislative majority. Three weeks to go before the election, and the Chinese government has suddenly announced the suspension of tariff relief for 12 Taiwanese products that was instituted under a framework free trade deal known as ECFA. On Friday, Premier Chen Jianren accused China of economic coercion that is replete with political intentions. However, the impact of the suspensions is likely to be symbolic. According to a survey from the Economics Ministry, the hundreds of items slated for tariff relief under the ECFA account for less than 4% of Taiwanese exports. Academics, for their part, are pointing to the great uncertainties involved with doing business with China.
作结。我在这里也要呼吁中国啊，一定要在啊，透过。I would also like to appeal to China here that it absolutely has to negotiate through the mechanisms and norms of the WTO. China is being unreasonable and is unilaterally stating that Taiwan has violated the provisions of the WTO and ECFA. In fact, this economic coercion has a high level of political intent. China announced on Thursday that starting next year, it will suspend tariff relief for 12 petrochemical items that was instituted under the ECFA, which will have some impact on the petrochemical industry. However, a survey from the Economics Ministry has found that the entire amount of products slated for tariff relief under the ECFA account for less than 4% of Taiwan's exports, so the impact will be limited. Exports are worth 18 billion U.S. dollars, so the impact of this current case is limited. More importantly, everyone is very worried about large-scale dumping by China's petrochemical industry. We have very many means of responding to this. What's sold to China is sold to many China-based Taiwanese business people. They have very good supply chain relationships with each other. Some of them won't go away just because of tariffs of one or two percent. It is not unusual for China to use economic means when it wants to engage in political manipulation. Scholars are pointing to China's past bans on Australian lobster and wine, and bans on Czech and Lithuanian products from entering the Chinese market. They say the past can teach us a lesson. There are suspicions of election interference. Of course, this is very obvious. Doing business with China inherently involves extreme uncertainties. Long-term pain is worse than short-term pain. Keep right away from abusive partners. When the going is good, they can give you any special treatment you like. But when the going gets bad, they'll just revoke all the benefits they gave you. Scholars generally agree that China is clearly using economic means to sway the election in order to influence centrist and economically-minded voters. Banned one day and allowed the next. Just a day after the removal of tariff relief on several ECFA imports, China has announced it is reallowing imports of Taiwan Grouper. In a statement, China's Taiwan Affairs Office stressed that any cross-strait negotiations were possible as long as Taiwan adheres to the 1992 consensus and opposes Taiwan independence. In June last year, the Taiwan Affairs Office announced a blanket ban on imports of Taiwan Grouper, claiming it had found forbidden chemicals in earlier shipments. Experts say the ban and its lifting are just another example of China's economic coercion tactics. They say the political undertones are clear, and warn industry players not to be overly reliant on the Chinese market. In international news, one year after a landslide in Malaysia killed dozens of campers, victims' families and survivors came together to remember their loved ones. But as Voice of America's Dave Grunebam reports, they say they won't have closure until they get all the facts about what led to the tragedy. On the anniversary of a deadly disaster, victims' families and survivors returned to the site to light candles. And show traditional respects to their lost loved ones. Last year, on December 16th, an early morning landslide swept over an organic farming campsite in Batang Kali, Malaysia, killing 31 people. This photograph was taken just hours before Chin Su King and her five-year-old son Daniel were killed. 
Vincent Corway Fong pays tribute to his wife and son in their home. Back then, it was hard for me to let go because I felt like I did not have the chance to finish our conversations and say goodbye to them. Brian Tang's tent was about five feet from the path of the landslide. Tang says he's formed a connection with the families. Uh, we find we have a, even though a bond together because we are, after the incidents, we want to help each other to come up from the sadness. Victims, families and survivors say they're on a quest to find the underlying reasons behind this tragedy. The government released a report in October that says the landslide was triggered by slope failure after heavy rainfall. But the report does not explain why a farm and campsite were able to operate in what experts call a risky area. The report also does not address an environmental impact assessment approved in 2013 by the Department of Environment that said the area where the farm and campsite were located was not to be developed. VOA has been repeatedly sending messages with questions to several government offices, but has not received any answers. Victims, families and survivors have hired an attorney to investigate and prepare for potential lawsuits. Our final goal is justice. Those who are responsible should face justice. This will be the second consecutive year that Cor won't be with his wife and son on Christmas. But he says his love for them inspires him to keep pushing for answers. Dave Grunebaum, VOA News, Klang, Malaysia. Taiwan moved one step closer to net zero emissions on Friday as it inaugurated its first carbon market exchange. The exchange is a place where carbon emissions are traded for credits that can be used internationally. About 27 companies attended the opening ceremony, including TSMC, Honghai and China Steel. The first batch of the transactions totaled more than 800,000 U.S. dollars, with a financial holding making the biggest purchase. The Taiwan Carbon Solution Exchange is inaugurated, bringing Taiwan into the era of carbon trading. The historic event was attended by Minister of Economic Affairs Wang Meihua, Financial Supervisory Commission Division Director Huang Tianmu, National Development Council Minister Gong Wingxin, and Taiwan Carbon Solution Exchange Chair Sherman Lin. Carbon pricing has become the most effective tool that can lead to carbon reduction. Establishing a trading platform like this can bring in market mechanisms that can create incentives for enterprises to reduce their carbon emissions. The carbon trading platform is a compilation of suppliers and developers looking to sell carbon emissions. A list of sellers is compiled and inspected before the carbon credits associated with them gets put up for sale on the platform. Then Taiwanese businesses can purchase the credits, which allow them to generate a certain amount of carbon emissions while getting their products to be considered carbon neutral. The first sellers of carbon credits on Taiwan's platform originated from seven countries, including Vietnam, India and Kenya, with between 50,000 and 100,000 tons of carbon for sale at a rate of 5 US dollars to 15 US dollars per ton. The first transactions on the platform totaled 800,000 US dollars, and the biggest buyer was a finance holding company. I 
think this is a historic moment. These transactions are much more lively than we can imagine. The Taiwan Carbon Solution Exchange has many cooperative relationships with exchanges in other countries, including the London Stock Exchange, the Tokyo Stock Exchange and the Singapore Exchange. Our financial holding and all its subsidiaries mobilise people to support this. Actually, we have operations in more than 10 countries. Of course, we can have some carbon credits from abroad that we can put to use locally here. So, of course, we will be very active on this exchange. Several companies rushed to make transactions on the opening day, including China Steel Corporation and TSMC. Big names in finance were also present, such as Esan Financial Holding, Cathay Financial Holding, Mega Holdings and CTBC Financial Holding, all of which engaged in trading. Esan purchased 5,000 tons of carbon to offset its own emissions in financial products and services. Huanan Commercial Bank said it had also made a purchase of a similar amount to other companies in the finance sector. China Steel purchased 500 tons as well and says it will evaluate whether to purchase more in the future. The finance industry can play the role in green finance. Through investment and financing, it can bring attention to important issues like this. The carbon trading platform is hoped to push companies toward treating carbon emissions as a commodity and set up Taiwan on the road of reaching net zero emissions by 2050. Taipei councillors will be setting aside their differences to hold a charity event on Christmas Day. The councillors will be selling second-hand clothes from their own closets. On Friday, the councillors held an event to show off their wares. There was even a pre-sale bargain as the KMT's Zhang Sigang sold a fancy coat to the TPP's Chen Youcheng. Let's see how it went. I bought this in France, in Paris, at the Galerie Lafayette. It is very nice, and it was very expensive. But then I heard Chen Youcheng said that he thought it was very nice too, so I'm offering it to him for as little as 1NT to make friends with the TPP. If it suits Chen Youcheng, then it must mean that the KMT and TPP suit one another. If it doesn't suit him, then things could be about to get very awkward. The councillors joked amicably about the awkward relations between their two parties. For the event on December 25th, the councillors will take a break from their campaigning to warm the hearts of locals. Besides the secondhand clothes, there will also be two special baseball jerseys for sale. They were worn by Mayor Zhang Wan'an during Team Taiwan's first victory at the Asian Baseball Championship and during the first pitch thrown by baseball legend Sadaharu Oh at the Taipei Dome. As we approach the end of the year, let's take a look at workplace culture and New Year traditions. Some corporate employees say that company requirements at the end of the year are an onerous burden or even demeaning. We spoke to employees who have made to scramble on the floor for bonuses or put through humiliating rituals in end-of-year parties. That's before they consider the wide range of year-end bonuses given out, which can be very generous or, for most people, more disappointing. 
My boss was sitting there and said, oh, you've all worked hard. This year you can grab your own end-of-year bonus. Then they produced these 100 NT bills and threw them on the ground in front of us. Sam and his colleagues were made to scramble around on the floor to grab their end-of-year bonuses. After working as a teacher for 16 years, Sam was astonished. I was standing there amazed. It was so demeaning, grabbing money off the floor. I said today's my last day here because I thought it's so inhuman. As we get into the end of the professional year, many are unhappy about end-of-year traditions. Many employees have to perform at end-of-year parties and face intense pressure to spend free time choosing songs or rehearsing dances. Preparing for the party left us with no time to eat a proper dinner. The day before, my stomach ulcer flared up. We're there to entertain them. The prize was very small, just 1,000 NT. So each one of us got 250 NT. One of our colleagues had to go and collect the money from the boss with her cleavage. Winning a lottery prize at such a party can be a nasty experience. One employee was fired for winning a single-lens camera. I'd only been there a few months and I was lucky, but after I won the camera, a few months later I was laid off. A survey by a job seeker's website found that 88% of companies are holding end-of-year parties this year. The average bonus will be worth 1.32 months' salary, a six-year high. The best bonuses are dished out in the finance, transport and tech industries. The financial industry still has the so-called golden rice bowl effect, where no matter how the economy is doing, for lenders, mortgages and consumer finances, in most circumstances, their bonuses are the highest and have been for 11 years in a row. End-of-year banquets are supposed to be a reward to thank employees for their hard work. But with meagre bonuses and lots of work to do, not everyone is benefiting. Turning to the weather, a cold air mass is bringing chilly weather all over Taiwan. Yangmei District and Taoyuan registered a mere 6.7 degrees in the early hours of Friday, with many areas like Miaoli and to the north of the county hitting lows of around 8 degrees. Yilan's Taiping Mountain got a dusting of snow for the first time this season. Many tourists rushed up the mountain in the wee hours of the morning, hoping to catch sight of the winter wonderland. Taiping Mountain rose to a white winterscape on Friday. Roads were covered by about one centimeter of snow, with buildings dusted in white. It's the result of the strongest cold air front to hit Taiwan so far this season. At 11 p.m. on Thursday, the first snowflakes descended on Elan's Taiping Mountain, attracting plenty of tourists. We set off in the early hours of the morning. We're super happy, it's gorgeous. It's the first time I see anything like this. It's amazing. We're from Taipei. Seeing the beautiful landscape makes you forget the cold. The icy wonderland had tourists saying it was totally worth making the trip up. Some got on the ground to make snowballs and snowmen. The Bong Bong train operated as usual, bringing tourists to the site. On the roads, many vehicles waited in line to access the snowy mountain. At one point, the traffic came to a halt for one or two kilometers. Drivers were told to put on snow chains on their car wheels and to be sure to be wrapped up warm. Also icy was Yushan's North Peak in Nanto. 
by 6.57 a.m., the meteorological station at the peak had been covered in rime ice, as if dusted in icing sugar, making for a beautiful view. This wave of cold weather has sent temperatures plummeting in many areas of the island. Areas in Miaoli and to the north of the county saw lows of just 8 degrees in the early hours of Friday. Yangmei District in Taoyuan registered the lowest temperature, at just 6.7 degrees. December 24th will be wetter, but the weather will turn significantly drier on December 25th. So we're currently assessing how far temperatures will dip on the 24th. It is possible that tall mountains in northern Taiwan will get some ice, but overall the likelihood of snow is not as high as today and tomorrow. The Central Weather Administration says another colder mass will move on Sunday. Though it won't be as strong as the cold mass currently sweeping Taiwan, it could still bring lows of 10 degrees. So this weekend, be sure to stay warm.